2: Welcome to everyone that have joined us tonight. You are listening to Steele Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. It is what I love to do is be here with you on a Sunday night. So thank you for taking the time to be with us. It is amazing with all that has happened just in a weekend or in an afternoon. You know, sometimes we think to ourselves, oh, yeah, we're going to get all that done. It'll be just fine. However, when it comes to us talking about one particular thing, one particular thing, which is really all about having to make sure that the bills are paid in the United States, I cannot tell you how frustrated I am. I don't get angry, but I really do get frustrated. I can't imagine why anyone anyone, would make decisions for a family with children or make decisions for teachers and principals at schools and what they should be learning. I'm blown away by what our Congress believes they can get away with. And we're going to talk about that later on with a special guest. Um, but I know that you've been paying attention. I got so frustrated when I read, oh, oh, yeah, that's right, you know, it'll be just fine. You know, they got plenty of people that are talking and talking. Yeah, talking doesn't always make a difference. Am I right, Jonathan? Not always.
3: No, not in the least
2: right? No. And I believe in words. I believe that words can heal. I really do. But as as we keep looking at this, every time it comes around, it gets bigger and nastier and stinky. It's awful. And I don't understand why someone, and I don't know who that someone or or many, many people come together and say enough is enough. This
3: has been a frustration of mine for many years, not just at the national level, the federal level, but also at the state level. And you talk about hitting deadlines and procrastinating. And I'm I keep telling myself if there was a uh, a degree for procrastination, if there was a doctorate for procrastination, I would not only own one, but I would teach the 801 <laughs> course. I would teach the second year doctorate course of <laughs> procrastination. That's how expert I am at this.
2: I love your truth, though. Yes. I must tell you. Thank you for that.
3: This, this is the way it works in our in our government. It's not the way it's but supposed it's, to work. It's not the way that it, it doing it this way has an effect down the line.
2: Yes, it does. And immediately, by the
3: way. And the fact that. At the state level, at the federal level, we don't deal with budgets until the very last second. Until there's something that puts a fire a bug in your, you know what? It's aggravating, and and the 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 thing with the government shutdown, uh, the potential for government shutdown. I have family members that have have uh, they one is still in a government job. A uh, couple are no longer in government jobs, but that's what they were doing for the majority of their careers. Right. And so, I had
2: some some relatives, too. Yes. And,
3: and so this has a direct effect on people's lives that I look at that I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? Because y'all get to sit – and we were talking about this during the break – senators, representatives, they get to reap the benefits – without feeling the hurt.
2: Yeah, but we're going to talk about that at 735. We have a great uh, guest that's going to join us. Um, And Jonathan, I'm glad that you started to mention that because here is the biggest challenge for me, is that this is now happening every year. It used to be a time when we had maybe three years in between where it wasn't happening, right? If you go way back and look. But today, I can go back even further and it's just happening every year, every year, every year. And I don't understand how that's possible, but it is.
3: And and you talk about it happening. Just remember, what was passed was not a full budget. Right. It was a continuing resolution. Right. So that gives us six 45 weeks. Forty-five days. Forty-five days, six weeks, yeah. basically around mid-November. Right. right, So we could be so looking. So we'll be back at this. At, yes, we could be looking at this again by, before Thanksgiving,
2: it's just maddening. I mean, you want to pull your hair out, well, you don't have any. Do you have any?
3: I, I let have me see a what's little, under the hat. I have a let little me see bit what's right under now. The hat. No, that's okay. Come on, let me see what's under the I look like a hat. bad George Jefferson. I love the hat, though. I look like a bad, bad Sherman Hemsley. <laughs> bad <laughs> you Sherman Hemsley. Got a little Hemsley. line, do you? Yeah. Oh, come on! A uh, lot of people uh, will find
2: that handsome.
3: I got, I got, I got a lot showing on the top. Uh-huh. Uh no, huh. Uh. Hair growing on the sides, right? For all those that don't know who Sherman Hemsley was, right. rest, rest in peace, <laughs> little dude.
2: I called him little dude.
3: I would all have the loved to have, meet, uh, to have met him. He yeah. seemed he seemed like, he seemed like a really cool guy.
2: Yeah, and then the the woman that played his wife, I actually had a chance to meet her doing oh uh, we, he's a, at Colonus. Isabel we Sanford. Yeah, exactly. Yes. She was wonderful, very nice. kind woman. You know, but, it's but, incredible.
3: But getting back to the to to this continuing resolution again. When you're talking about funding departments and government entities that affect people across the country, this isn't just a D.C. thing. This doesn't affect just people in the Capitol building or down the street at the White House. This affects every every, American. This affects the military. Every American. uh, I'm trying to remember if this affects the post office still, but this affects so many so many but it things. does it
2: every time, and
3: and it's they do I, it
2: every time.
3: I don't know what to do about it.
2: How about firing some people? If you and I were doing that, we would get fired.
3: Yes, you, we would absolutely. Period.
2: We would get fired immediately. Yeah. Yet this continues to go on, whether they have new people in the House or new people in the – it's just crazy. It doesn't matter. They do it no matter what, and that is my problem with it.
3: The only way to do a firing, quote-unquote, would be, I guess, to do recall elections. You'd have to do recall elections, and there is not an – if there's not an appetite for standard elections, which I think is growing less and less – I think there'd be much less of an appetite for recall elections.
2: Okay, but here's the thing. It's gotten so bad that we know that we are always on the cusp.
3: Yes. Of absolute destruction. I completely agree. I completely agree. We are always
2: there. So if we are always there and we remind ourselves of that year after year, month after month, day after day, if we have to get there, we have to do it. We have to make sure that they all know we are sick and tired of you. We are sick and tired of you telling us, "Oh no, we are not going to do that. Oh no, we're not going to let you do that." Let's, and and it is more Republicans than Democrats this time.
3: I, 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 I'm, let me th- most times. Let me, let me posit this as a solution: class action lawsuits. Let's start suing them. Let's start taking them to court.
2: It's going to take forever. I, it's it's going to take for, forever. That's
3: that's the only way I can think of possibly. Hit them in the pocketbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hit but you, know what? Pocketbook. you mentioned it
2: earlier. You said, "Okay, we really need to start looking at term limits because thought, if you're going to
3: keep the same group, I've thought this for years. I and and there are there are people in Congress that have done amazing things, and one of them uh, we'd be remiss to say is the late now the late. Uh, Dianne Feinstein of yeah, California, God the late God, senator so from California, she did woman. some phenomenal things. Great things while in the, the for Senate for the country, not for the, just for yes.
2: a particular group of people, for the country.
3: Correct, but but having her be in the Congress so long, the Senate, Mitch McConnell, Chuck Grassley, you could even say people like Chuck Schumer getting up there in age. Um, You know, this is why uh, the Steny Hoyer pulled back, even though she's still in the uh, representative, Nancy Pelosi has pulled back because there needs to be new blood. There needs to be new leadership and new ways of thinking and, and updated ways of thinking. I understand she the,
2: accomplished so much though. Come on now, No, I, I
3: I appreciate the wisdom of knowledge of being there and is working with her. It's more the than room. wisdom
2: of knowledge. It's more than that. It is she cared so much. The time that she spent. I, I, and,
3: and I don't and the I,
2: people that she helped, not hurt, but helped. This this is the part I really want people to remember about this woman who who led the Senate, led the Congress. It she was remarkable. Not just okay. She wasn't just, oh, that person that's in charge. Remarkable. We should say it all the time.
3: But the problem with this is even with the age and the wisdom and the power that comes along with being in those positions of power for so long, you have you have the ability to see that stuff is different now. Not just in technology, not just in uh, social issues, but also in the way that people look at each other and talk to each other, and the and the problem is, even though you have people that are moderates that might be that might have been there for a while, say let's let's okay let's take a breath, let's work this out, let's talk this. There are going to be people from other sides of the aisle that say, no, we're going to do it my way, no, we're going to do it my way.
2: That's why we need AI. And, okay, and I usually wouldn't say that seriously, but I think if you integrate. AI in this conversation, where we do this every year, every year, which is very disturbing to me. It's a waste of time and a waste of money, every year. Enough said.
3: AI, AI, AI in the in Congress. What could go wrong?
2: What could go what wrong? What could go
3: wrong? And what with say that? you?
2: What say you, Again, Jonathan? I've said, this, you? I've
3: said this uh, recently, talked to you about it. I think back to the 19, mid-1980s film War Games with Matthew <laughs> yeah? Broderick and Ali <laughs> Sheedy, oh, <man>. Dabney Coleman. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if, if AI gets in there, they're like, do you want to play a game? No, I don't want to play a game. No, right. no, 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 right. no. But no they, they
2: do act as though this is a game. And it's not a game. These are people. These are people's, uh, whether they are going to make money or not, are they going to yeah. be able to pay their bills, are they going to be able to put food on the table, if they're going to be able to pay their medical bills. All of us, can. I mean, I don't know anyone that's exempt of that. Some people say it was a, it's the super rich, they're exempt. Some are not. Some are super rich and they're losing it.
1: Yeah.
3: I, I don't know what the solution is. I don't know how we get to a place where we can be more efficient. And better, I well, don't. It has don't.
2: to. It has to begin with caring for each other. Like I actually care about you, Jonathan. If you were in an accident or something happened to you, I would be praying and crying. And I, I care, would not I, want that to happen. And
3: I care about you as well,
2: right? But there are so many people who overlook. They overlook what is really going on as as though they can walk away. We really cannot afford to continue to walk away. And so whomever the leaders are that make sure that we have to do this every year, maybe they can change. Maybe we can change something. But it's been difficult. Coming up at 735 is my guest. Jacob by Gage, and I'm Bow Gage. I'm really looking forward to speaking with him. He is a business and technology reporter with the Washington Post, one of my favorite newspapers. So we'll be back soon in just a moment. It is now 724. Oh, my goodness. 724 right here at WCCO. You are listening to Steel Talkin'. I've been here for over 25 years now, and oh, I have had a good time. It's been bad times, hard times from from time to time. However... It has really made a difference in my life, and I'm grateful for that. Um, it's interesting. We are trying to really talk about as much as we can when it comes to the news, but then there's sometimes really good news or really bad news, um, and you try to deal with both of those at the same time. But I have to say the twins make me smile tonight. And, Jonathan, I know there are big challenges coming up for them. Uh, a lot of people are paying attention. Are, are the tickets selling as well?
3: I don't know about that. You'd have to ask the team. I'd I'd assume that they would be selling a great amount of them, and not just to Twins fans um, because the opponent is a frequent visitor to target uh, target field. They're going to play the Toronto Blue Jays Mm -hmm. in the best-of-three wildcard series starting Tuesday. It's a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday format. If one of the teams wins the first two games, they won't play Thursday. Mm -hmm. If they split, there will be a Thursday game. Toronto has has very uh has for a long time been a very um big presence with the twi- with the twins whether I believe it was at the Metrodome or here at Target Field now uh when Toronto comes into town there are a lot of Blue Jays fans that follow and that mm-hmm. that come through to the uh to to the stadium so it won't be a split. It won't be an even split of fans, but this will be different than if they were playing Houston or Texas or New York or some of these other teams. Toronto will show up.
2: Yeah, of course they and will. It,
3: and it will be, there will be, I won't be surprised if it's 70-30 or 65-35 Twins fans to Blue Jays fans. There are going to be a lot here.
2: Oh Of course, but I'm curious to know from you, um, do you expect that game to be
3: as powerful as it could be? What do you mean by that?
2: In the sense of the type of playing that will happen that day.
3: It'll be a fun series. The Twins are trying to break a long streak. They have not won a playoff game. I'm trying to think of the year. I think it was since 2003. They've lost 18 consecutive playoff games. Not series, not two out of three, three out of five games. Mm -hmm. They haven't won a game in about 20 years. That's that I believe is that's the longest streak in Major League history where a team has made the postseason and just has not won a game. So the first obstacle, get a game, get one game, and then you can go from there. That's the first obstacle.
2: You hard man, you a hard. Man. No, I'm. Uh, that's
3: just that's just <laughs> that's the facts. Truth. That's your truth. That's your truth. No, no, it's just the facts. Okay. You talk to anybody here, that's going to be the first thing. They'll, that's the first thing they'll tell you is just get one game and get the ball rolling.
2: Okay, so then how how would you say um, things are going for the way P- uh, Minnesotans are looking at the twins? Are they overexcited? Are they thinking, "Oh no, don't don't let me down." There's, sort of I
3: think there's cautious. <laughs> it, it's it's funny because I want to say there's cautious optimism, but if you talk to Twins fans, there are a lot of them will say, eh.
2: "But not all of them."
3: Not all of them, mm-hmm. but quite a few of them will say, yeah. "Eh, you know." Good. I'm they got. They got. They won the division. They'll get swept out of the playoffs.
2: Are you rooting for them? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah.
3: I wish them good luck. I, I hope they do well. I hope they they continue on. the The team that they're playing is is a formidable team. Toronto has a, a really good young core of, of uh, position players. They've got some good pitching. I think the Twins' pitching and the and the Blue Jays' starting pitching matches up fairly closely together. Uh, but the position players, you're going to have a lot of young players that need to come through. Uh, Carlos Correa has been battling some injury. Uh, Byron Buxton has been battling some injury. uh, Oh, I'm trying to think of the other guy. Uh, Royce Lewis uh, has been battling some injury. So they're trying to get those guys back into the lineup. Uh, But there are going to be some young guys that have to come through. Solano and Willie Castro.
2: Yeah, we might be surprised, though.
3: What Hopefully, hopefully yeah. that there's, there's, there's enough new blood. I'm very blood, hopeful. There's enough new mm-hmm. blood. Hopefully, to get some of that that stench of the past off, yeah. and just say we need some bre- some uh, fresh air. We need a breath of fresh air, and I, well, and hopefully they can it provide may, it. We may
2: even need more than that. We may need Jesus. I don't know. But the bottom line is that they're really going for it. That's what I'm excited
3: about. Sure. Yeah. And 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 again, if they can get past Toronto, they will get to the division series. There they would have to face the defending World Series champion Houston Astros. Ooh.
2: Okay.
3: Yeah. Mm. So first things first, First, get a things game, first. game. Get a game. Get if a you game. can get a game, you can get a series. If, if you, you don't can get win a game, you can get a series. If you don't win the game, can't win the series. So get a game, then we can go for it. I
2: want you out there on that, man. I want you you know, the way you talk about these sports, <laughs> you know, it's like you know so much, but you're not playing it. No. You never did play it, right?
3: I I didn't play the, the I played basketball. Bas- I, I played basketball through eighth mm-hmm. grade. I played a little bit of like you know no, YMCA baseball. No, talking about
2: baseball. you know when you were eighteen and up.
3: No, okay. I I was. I knew by that point my my chances of athletic excellence had uh, had never developed. <laughs>
2: okay, we got to take a break, everyone. Thank you so much for sticking and staying with us, and we'll be back soon. Welcome back, you are listening to Steel talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. It is what I love to do on a Sunday night is to be here with you. I am so excited for this um this next guest of ours. Why? Well, let me tell you about him once again the u s government beat the clock by the skin of its teeth. Yeah, a truly eleventh hour deal stopped the government from being shut down for the first time since twenty nineteen. Yeah, that's not, a, that's not necessarily good news to me. It shouldn't have happened uh, even in 2019. But the continuing resolution passed Saturday night keeps the government open for another six weeks. And I am not uh, really thinking that's a great idea, but we're going to hear a whole lot more about this. Um, in a very chaotic year for the halls of Congress, how much faith should we have that the same crisis cannot be avoided come mid-November? That is a big question. And why is it important to us? Because right now we're going to have a guest by the name of Bo Gage, and he is joining us. um, He's from The Washington Post. He's a technology business and technology reporter. And um, it is quite remarkable what Jacob is doing these days. And he is one of the newspaper's outlets, uh, keeping people informed on the latest bout of congressional dysfunction and the impact on those depending on a functioning government. He great. He's been very gracious to join us tonight and to use his time to be with us on the John Schuster Caldwell banker hotline. Welcome Jacob. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Yeah. Good to be with you.
2: You know, this is crazy. I, I get so tired of it because we run into this every time, every time. And I'm just wondering if you're sick of it.
4: Of course I'm sick of it. I think every American is sick of it. The idea that, uh, Congress can only operate on a deadline. Like right. I was, you know, I was I was in Congress all week and uh, really until uh, late, late, late Friday night, it looked like we were barreling toward a shutdown. I That's mean, right. I, there I, were there were staff members in the Capitol who thought they were going to be furloughed and like planning midweek getaways because they thought it was going to take a while. And then Congress can only operate on a shutdown, excuse me, on a on a deadline. And they figure it out at the last minute uh, in, in, on Saturday. But like you mentioned in, in the intro, you know, we've got six weeks to, to figure this out. I don't expect it to get figured out until the very end of those six weeks. We'll be on Pinto Needles the whole time.
2: I think it's ridiculous. And I don't understand why we are allowing this to happen. Why not get it done? They're being paid to get the work done. Yet it's not happening. And it, we keep seeing this. this revolving door. And it's getting worse. Not better.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I want to run through the mechanics of what's going on here for your listeners. There's Please. kind of two, two ways the government gets funded. One, the way it's supposed to happen is 12 separate what we call appropriations bills mm-hmm. that fund federal agencies and individual programs. That's the, by the book the way it's supposed to happen. Those bills start in the House. They get passed in the House, go to the Senate. The Senate passes its version. They hash them out just like the schoolhouse rock song. That's how the bill becomes a law. They have to do that 12 times, but it's really hard to pass 12 bills on massive federal spending. And so we get a lot of what we just went through, continuing resolutions, which is we need more time to fund the government. So let's just kick the can down the road. We will continue to fund the government at current spending levels while we keep negotiating and hopefully pass these appropriations bills later.
2: Why are we negotiating so late? I don't understand it. We should get this done immediately. We know that this is going to happen. We know that every yeah. time it comes around, we know that that's supposed to happen. Yet there's always conversation. There's always dis, um, misunderstandings, people that disagree. It's like a big, giant fight. <laughs> and I don't yeah. understand why they're taking our money to do it.
4: And this time it was an entire kind of game of chicken. You had the Senate which actually was working on a pretty bipartisan basis. And and to see Chuck Schumer, the Democratic leader, and Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader, coming out and complimenting each other in both senses of the word, almost every day for 10 days in the run-up to this deadline mm-hmm. was really a sight to behold. And then in the, in the House, you had the Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, really at odds with a hard right-wing faction of his own caucus, Uh, And and the weird part of this was, you know, it wasn't a true negotiation. you think about a negotiation, I have something I want, you have something you want, and we talk about it, we meet in the middle. There were no policy asks here. This was a bunch of people who don't like Kevin McCarthy trying to make a situation really bad for Kevin McCarthy. Um, And in the end, the Speaker had to rely on Democrats in the House to bail him out and keep the government open. Uh, And, and, you know, it's very likely first thing tomorrow morning going to come out and bite him because those same hardliners are going to try to boot him out of the speakership.
2: But here's the thing. This is something we have to do every year. And I don't understand why we allow this to happen. Why do we continue to allow them to do this sin? I call it a sin because it's like you're hurting everyone in the country, no matter what age, the oldest to the youngest. You're hurting them all just even talking about it. So here's my challenge. Uh, I know that uh, my producer earlier spoke and said, you know, maybe it's time for term limits. Do you agree?
4: You know, that's not up to me. Uh, you know, I think that's a great question. I think, uh, you know, that's something I hear about uh, from folks on the Hill all the time talking about term limits. And it is no secret that the leadership of both parties uh, are uh, older folks um, whose the, the, the brightest days of their uh, professional careers are behind them um, you know I, I think that is up to uh, voters to decide if that's something they care about um, and you know there is even if there isn't a constitutional term limit there is such a thing as a term limit when you you know when they when they run for reelection and you vote for somebody else so you know a, a lot of you know we live in a democracy accountability in a democracy runs through the ballot box or at least it ought to.
2: We know that um, money has to be there, right? It has to be there, make it available so that we can just keep moving forward, up and forward. The challenge is there are those who say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make sure that that money is there for that because I don't like that person. It's like little children fighting each other. How in the world do we move forward when we've got this happening?
4: You know, I I, I think how do we I think the root of your question is about accountability Um, and and what does accountability look like for lawmakers who are, you know, when they are talking about how they're going to spend our money in that moment are really only answerable to themselves. Um, And, uh, you know, I think elections matter. Um, And it, it a lot of my reporting in this week was about what happens if the government does shut down, who is affected, who's harmed the most. And frankly, the people who are harmed the most are, you know, the most marginalized, who are the least among us, the impoverished, that's the right. malnourished children, the elderly. These are people who struggle to have their voices heard in general in our uh, political conversation. And money talks, you know, when when during government shutdown, anti-poverty programs would be affected. You know, I, I mean, that's huge. Um, there is. There is not a great mechanism when Congress is in these debates for having instant accountability so that the people who need these resources the most, who, the gover- who rely on the government to help them up and out of difficult circumstances, uh, to make sure their voice is heard in these immediate moments.
2: So the voices being heard makes sense. We've heard about that for, the re- uh, for all of our lives. If you're an adult, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But here's the problem for me is that we still keep dealing with the, the, the one thing that we all know is happening. We know that someone has a job that they shouldn't have, and it's more than one person. And what is it going to take us to, to change the laws to make sure that all of this stops. We are wasting money on day one, When whenever they come forward and say, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. The Republicans are doing this. The Democrats are doing this. And all of a sudden, no one's talking to each other. It's very frustrating. But we know that someone could lose their job, like all these unions that are having problems right now. Right? Maybe we should take a hint from them. And they take a hint from us. Because this is... This has gotten so bad. I don't know what else to do, Jacob. I'm I'm not going to kid you. I don't know what else to do. I have cried tears over this because it's like the children don't matter to so many of our leaders.
4: Yeah, we're going to rinse and repeat it and do it in six weeks. And hopefully in those six weeks, Congress comes together and can pass these 12 appropriations bills. But there's going to be conditions on those, whether that is, you know, in exchange for supporting the people of Ukraine, clamping down, on asylum seekers in this country who are fleeing poverty and violence Mm -hmm. in central and and, and parts of south america um you know there are there are going to be deals that are hashed out here part of of a working democracy is that nobody is happy in the end if there's really a true compromise but you have to remember when nobody's happy at the end there are people downstream who are affected by changes in policy even if it means the rest of the country is moving forward. And, you know, it, it, as much as we like to say democracy means a lot, you know, folks don't get left behind, folks do get left behind. Nice. Um, and, and that's where, you know, we have the rest of our civil society to come in and try to help those people and lift them up. But they're going to be really tough conversations over the next six weeks and really probably through the end of the year. And, you know, that's where, where me and my team come in to make sure that folks understand what's going on in Congress, what's happening with their money, and what it means for their community.
2: So where do we go from here? How do we get better? How do we get stronger now that we know how this happens, which we've been knowing for a long time, and it's consistently happening? Where do we go from
4: here? Well, you know, Geraldyn, that's above my pay grade. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, it, it, vote, you know, I, I mean, elections have consequences. And, and I think the biggest example, you know, the, the, the biggest exhibit I can point to right now is that we have a divided government. Congress is split. The Supreme Court is a relatively hard-right Supreme Court. You have a Democrat in the White House. I mean, this is a system of checks and balances that works. I mean, they do check and balance each other, but they also prevent progress. And so, you know, if, if you subscribe to a certain ideology that you feel is most equipped to run the country, your method of accountability in democracy is to vote and to make your voice heard between elections to your representatives.
2: Well, I'm going to vote as I always do, and I'm proud to do it. And then I... St- I stop by, I call, I get as many people on the phone as I can or on Zoom, whatever it takes to say, please vote. Because if we don't vote, we really shouldn't say a word. Not just don't even talk about it. And that's sad to me. It has been a pleasure having you join us tonight. I thank you for giving us this time. And I hope that the words you have spoken really speaks to the rest of the listeners as much as it really spoke to me. So thank you,
4: sir. My pleasure. Have a good evening. Be safe. All
2: right, everyone. Um, as you know, we know that this happens every year. It's so frustrating. And if you know of something that you would say to others while this keeps happening time after time after time, what do you say that allows you to relax and say, that's okay, we're going to get there? Or do you ever get there? Give us a call at six five one four. 1-4, Do I have that right, Jonathan? 651 six, 414.
3: 461. Four, oh,
2: thank you. <laughs> Give the number, honey. <laughs> 651
3: 461 9226. Nine, two, six. You can yes. either call or text at that number.
2: Yes, I'm so clamped that I'm just worried. Thank you all for listening, and we're going to be back in just a moment. Welcome back to Steel Talking, everyone. I must tell you that my. my um, my brain right now and my soul are not <laughs> not agreeing. Um, it's really frustrating. And I'm just curious to know, if you want to join us at any time tonight, you can call us at... Six five one four six one nine two two six. as Jonathan and I were talking during the break. Um, you know, we were talking about how this is happening and how it happens every year and it just goes on and on and on. And maybe you're just saying to yourself, I don't care. You know, it's nothing I can do about it. There has to be something we can do about it. Don't you think, Jonathan?
3: I, I don't know how short of changing the Constitution. You can truly do anything about it. That's, that would be the top of the top. That would be the most steadfast thing to do is to change the, some of the bylaws in the Constitution for the Congress and for the Senate.
2: But isn't it worth it to do it so that we make it right?
3: Some people would say yes. Some people would say no. Well, I of course, there's some
2: people every time, but at the some, same time, some, what, what some, is needed?
3: Some people want to have the wisdom of having someone in there for 20 or 30 or 40 years. Some people like that. Some people are comfortable by that. Are some, you? Not if it leads to this. Not if it leads to, to ideas that don't keep up with and, – and I'm in that age range where – once I get a little bit older, I'm going to start saying, "Okay, well, I'm I'm already in that age range where I'm saying my time is kind of past' Because I go out and I see people that are in their mid twenties, in their early thirties, and it's I I kind of feel the energy of them, and it's their time, and my time has kind of gone by the wayside just a little bit. I'm getting to that level. I'm getting to that age. I'm getting to that time.
2: Yeah, but how do we define that? I don't understand. It seems like we are constantly redefining it and then there're little pearls that's what that are in there. Yeah, it happens every, every it generation happening. it happens. It just I don't know. I have a real hard time with it. If you'd like to join us, we have some time here. 651-461-9226. We'd love to hear your ideas all, of
3: all, well, I'm sorry. All I'm saying is think of when you were uh growing up and coming into into your own in the 70s and 80s and just how that that's changed from when your children were coming into their own in the to late, late 90s and 2000s, just from that time period, how much change socially, technologically, economically. There's so much change that happens every 15 to 20 years that we, we, ha- we can keep the wisdom there, but we have to have a solid, um, uh, what's the word, sane injection Of new blood. We can't have insane injections of new blood. We got to have sane injections to keep us up to date.
2: But those new blood, that new blood has to be vetted. And that's one of the things I don't think we do enough of. We don't do
3: enough of that. Agreed.
2: So how in the world do we get to the point where we know that we have the power to change it to make it better? to make it better. And how do we define better? Who do we pull to the table to make sure that that definition is there for the American people?
3: I'll tell you what, if you if you figure that out, you're going to get a Nobel Prize. I promise you that.
2: <laughs> Great. There you go. That's what all Jonathan has to say. My goodness. It has been a pleasure um, sitting here talking with you and, and just knowing that you're on the line with us. So thank you so much. We'll be back for the next hour in just a moment